Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. It is Friday. The weather has turned in Indiana. (laughs) Before I left for Minnesota earlier in the week, it was sunny, 70s, perfect. Now it's gray, rainy, cold. Winter is coming. Although next week we're supposed to get a few warm days that I will cherish and embrace before winter sets in. Last few days, I have been dealing with anger in some of the young men I coach at basketball and in some of my young children. You know, it's frustrating because it's so sad. You see it happening. You see a kid struggling to control their anger, getting provoked, and you can just predict they're about to do something to make the situation far worse than what it was before they got angry. And you're trying to reason, and you're trying to explain, and you're trying to calm down, and the anger is boiling up in them out of control. And as hard as you try to show them that whatever happened that made them feel wronged, whatever it is making them angry, that their reaction is about to be worse. Their reaction is about to be the issue, not what the original issue was. And they just can't see it. It's especially hard because it happens to me. Even as an adult who knows better. I feel wronged. Usually my ego is bruised. And you get angry. And then reason goes out the window and you just want to act. Well, pondering all of this, thinking about anger, wondering what I can do to better lead my young men at basketball, be a better father, help my children who see me every day, see me at my worst, see me when I get angry and lose it, I came across a collection of wisdom of Stoic and Platonic philosophers that was compiled by a Christian in the 300s. Maybe even earlier. Maybe even in the 200s. And as I read it, I thought to myself, man, what good timing. What a good reminder for me. And I want to share it with you. We have received from God self-control, forbearance, restraint, fortitude, patience, and the like which are great and holy powers, helping us resist the enemy's attacks. So just let's chew on that for a second. What will God give us? Self-control, forbearance, restraint, fortitude, patience, and the like. I would include listening in there. God is in your heart, is in your soul. You're able to be still, you're able to listen. When you're angry, it's like expelling God. It's like saying, God, I don't want you in there. Now he goes on. If we cultivate these powers and have them at our disposal, we do not regard anything that befalls us as painful, 
grievous, or unbearable, realizing that it is human and can be overcome by the virtues within us. Now, that's important because it's really easy to say, in a sense, don't get upset about bad things that happen to us. And if you think about that in a superficial way, it can seem superficial. Oh, you're just saying that. You just want me to ignore what's happening. But if you think about it in a deeper way, it's a truth. Because God wants to be in us. There's not room for God and for despair. God and anger in our souls. And when we allow God in, we begin to see these things as a test. As what they are. As part of being human. Is part of this journey to understand why we need God so. He goes on. The unintelligent do not take this into account. They do not understand that all things happen for our benefit, rightly, and as they should, so that our virtues may shine and we ourselves be crowned by God. So if you're a person of faith, and you believe there's a purpose to life, and you believe that God put us here, the whole world has a purpose. The way these philosophers would look at it is it's almost a test. It is a furnace. It is a fire that burns, that tests our metal, that forces us to make choices. Will we go towards God? Will we go away from God? And at the end, if we allow these things to lead us to surrendering to God, allowing God inside us, what is the result? We are crowned. We are illumined. We shine. He get, they go on. You should realize that the acquisition of material things and their lavish use is only a short-lived fantasy. And that a virtuous way of life conforming to God's will surpasses all wealth. So you see this in anger, especially in kids. They get angry. They feel like something's been taken from them. And so often they want a material thing. They think it's going to make them feel better. That's what anger does. Anger lies to us. It makes us think that material things will make us feel better. If only I was a starter. If only I played more. If only I had that video game. If only you let me watch a movie. I'd be all better. See, that's the lie of anger. Anger is selfish. Anger only makes us think about ourselves. Anger lies to us that the only way we can be happy is by what we acquire. Not by what we give away, which is what God wants us to do. To give away those things so there's space inside us for God. They continue. When you reflect on this and keep it in mind constantly, you will not grumble, whine, or blame anyone, but will thank God for everything. Seeing that those who rely on repute and riches are worse off than yourself. For desire, love of glory, and ignorance constitute the worst passion of the soul. For desire, love of glory, and ignorance constitute the worst passion of the soul. That's sort of the, my wake-up call in life, is when I find myself whining, complaining, grumbling, I try to say to myself, stop, just stop. You're making it about you when you do that. You're acting like you're the only one in the world who suffers. You're trying to cast blame instead of looking in the mirror. You're trying to meet God on your terms. You're trying to tell God what you want life to be like. And if it's not that way, well, I'm mad at you. And the longer you whine, the longer you complain, the longer you grumble, the further away you get from God, the further away you get from the way we were intended to be. 
empty except for God. Possessing nothing except what God has given us. So hard in our world today, our material world surrounded by wealth, to understand fundamental truths of faith. People, don't rationalize away statements of the New Testament about giving away your wealth, about sharing your things, about helping the poor. That's what it means. It's just hard to do today because we're so consumed with other things. And then we find ourselves losing them, being wrong, not getting what we want. What happens? What happens? We get angry. That anger, that grumbling, that whining, it is not a reflection of others. It's not a reflection of how bad the world is. It's a reflection of us and what we've not allowed into our heart and into our soul. If you have anger dwelling inside of you, you need to get rid of it. If you're an adult, you don't have the excuse of youth. You know, when I'm dealing with boys at basketball that come from all different backgrounds, some of them have good examples, some of them have bad, some of them have lived very hard lives. Some of them have lived lives that it's hard to understand where is God and what is right. Some of them have lived lives where they felt they had to stick up for themselves and stick their chest out or they would be taken advantage of. You got to guide them. You got to help them. But what's your excuse? You're an adult. You should know better. And if you're listening now and you're a kid, you should learn quicker. If you have anger dwelling inside of you, you need to get rid of it. It'll cut you off from God. It invites the enemy. It lies and convinces you that material things are where peace is found. All material things do is take you further away from God, from the thing that could help you not be angry. You know, you, you look at young people and even older people today, and, you know, they get angry, and so what do they do? They go to the room and they play video games. And now they fill their mind, they fill their soul with pure material world, pure zeros and ones, pure unreality, where there is no room for God, no room for love, no room for others. And then their anger goes away as they play their game and yet they don't realize that inside them is a match that is quickly lit. And the second somebody wrongs them, the second someone takes something from them, anger rises. And the enemy takes advantage of it. And they become less and less human. And they get further and further away from being able to be peaceful and to be human and to be what God wants us to be. Cultivate the powers of self-control. Forbearance. Restraint, fortitude, and patience. Ask God for these things in your prayers. I love coaching sports because you can teach kids these things. You can show them that self-control, forbearance, restraint, fortitude, patience, discipline, hard work where no one's watching, and you're not going to see the result of it for six months. You can show kids how this pays off. As we get older and we get further away from being able to be involved in things like that, if we haven't developed these good habits, sometimes they can be hard. You might have to pray on it. Maybe, you know, as you're getting older, maybe it's just going for a walk. Maybe it's taking care of yourself physically where you can begin to learn these things, to recapture the spirit of them. You know, a lot of times when I see anger in my kids, I realize it came from me. I need to work on it. 
I need to work on my self-control, my forbearance, my restraint. Maybe it's getting up early and going for a run. Maybe it's coming home when I'm tired and going for a walk, listening. You know, one of the hardest lessons, I kind of started with this, to teach young kids and to learn at any age is even if you are right in a dispute, losing control of your anger makes you wrong. It makes you wrong. Our world needs more examples of people showing self-restraint, self-control. It's almost like anger has become a virtue. Who can be the loudest? Who can be the angriest? Who can be the most destructive? I mean, look at the riots. Look at the excuses people give them for doing that. Well, that anger does not lead to righteousness. That anger leads to more and more unrighteousness, to giving other people excuses to be angry. And eventually it'll be a cauldron of anger and hate and people will forget who was right and who was wrong and why did we start this in the first place. Pray for self-control. Pray for forbearance. Pray for restraint. Pray for fortitude and pray for patience in your life. Be an example of a listener. Be an example of one who is not provoked to anger. Ask God to enter your heart and to help you. Do it for your friends, your family, your kids, your community. We need more of that, this and less of the anger. Now more than ever. It was important in the 200s and 300s and earlier than that, and it's important today. So I'll just leave you with that this weekend. It's been a crazy six months. It's been a crazy week. Anger is not righteousness. Anger invites the enemy. It lies. It convinces you that material things are where peace is found. But that is the place they are never found. Never. Until next time, my friends, aim high, spread your wings, and keep your eyes on the things that matter. Get down and pray. Invite God. He will not enter a heart that is angry. Let it go. Find your peace. Have an awesome weekend. Awesome weekend. Get outside. Get tired. Get sweaty. Have fun with your family, friends, pets, whatever. And I will see you on Monday. Until then, I'm your host, Silouan. Peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.